To the Swingman Podcast, as ever, I'm your host Jordan Edger, and as always, I'm joined by Louis Halpin and Lewis Howard. Um, again, we don't really have a uh, an agenda, I don't think, do we? For the, for this chat, so we're just going to have a little chat about everything that's been going on in the NBA recently, and have, have a little old catch up because it has been a it's been a couple of weeks, I think, since we've done since we've done a proper deep dive and everything. Podcast number seventy seven. Um, where do we want to go with it? I think Steph Curry is the thing we have to kind of kick it off with, really, if we're going to talk about the NBA right now. Yeah, I think for the for the month of April, you uh, well, yeah, you know, we're not at the end obviously yet, but to sum it up in two words for the NBA, it is Steph Curry, and you know just just to read out his uh, stat, well not stats, but just points in the month of April: 37, 41, 32, 38, 53, 42, 33, 47, 49. <laughs> it's, it is mental. He's not messing about. Yeah, He's... and I know. Uh, our favourite topic, the uh, the MVP race. He might be forcing his way into it, even with the Warriors being as terrible as they are. On Big this... dub for me. Big dub for yeah. me. I mean, I, I personally, I still wouldn't give it to him. Purely because nah, the Jeremy Warriors are 29. But... They're 29, 29 and 9th. So. Yeah. It, I mean, it does, raise, it does raise an interesting question in, in terms of this is sort of like a weird season with the MVP candidates. Yeah. It's not really... Either side from the, the top seed that are probably going to win it because John Beats missed too many games now, and the Utah Jazz just don't have that standout player. So you're yeah. going to have to look further down the line. And I, I, I don't think he will win it because, as you said, the record is too poor. But he's playing at an MVP level, um, shooing for first team All NBA, clearly. And mm. I've got a question to pose you. Have we done a Steph Curry spotlight? I don't think we have done. Um, no, we haven't. But is this, are we witnessing? It seems sounds crazy to say because it's been two time MVP, one time unanimous. But is this like peak Steph Curry right now? Um, I wouldn't say he's far off it. I mean, but it's the highest points the per time. game he's ever averaged. Yeah, but then he's also getting the highest points per game he's ever averaged because he's having to put the team that much more on his back now. Yeah, but don't you appreciate that a little bit more in in terms of the fact that he was I don't getting think... those. I, I don't think anyone was in doubt that he could do more, but he was happy to share the ball to get the likes of Kevin Durant going, the likes of uh, Clay Thompson going, the likes of Draymond Green, Andre Goddard, all of this. There's, I, don't, I don't think people doubted that he was at his peak and at his capacity is what I'd say, actually, when he was playing with those guys. Would you have thought that? Oh, no, I agree. But I think the durability of this run in, and like what he's having to do to carry them is just slightly a bit more impressive to me than than those aspects. Um, I think he's still he's he's very much still in his prime, obviously. But I I don't know about peak. I I think fifteen sixteen might be might be peak Steph Curry. It's gonna be a repeak. There, there yeah, are no, such yeah, things repeaks. But but, but you're saying you're saying peak <laughs> as in like he's. I, I assume you mean is this his greatest season he's had yet? Regular season wise, obviously. 
that's I mean, what I'd that... interpreted your question as because he's still in his peak. There's like there's you. Yeah, no, no. I, 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 maybe I should have specified it more. Maybe it's like if it, not his greatest season because his greatest seasons are always going to be the ones where he wins MVP and wins championships. But like greatest performance from him is this like the best of his career? And was this his I, greatest I think stretch? Maybe. Yeah, that, I think. The way I think. Yeah, it? yeah. It could potentially this month of April for the regular season could be yeah because he's been. I on think. That, I think it is. Yeah, it is. It is a. Uh... Is an all-time month because uh, there was the um, crazy stat. It was oh, I've lost it now. But it was something like ten plus three-pointers made in a game. Yeah, Steph's made more this month, or the same amount this month as Clay, who's second in that all-time list, has made in his entire career. Yeah, it's, it's mental. Really, and I, th- I think he is. I, I don't think other players like him very much, actually. That's what I've I've heard from several podcasts and, and stuff like that. They kind of resent him a little bit. I, I know LeBron definitely shed a little bit of resent when they were competing in the finals because people argue that Steph the best player in the league. But um, it, his influence is just unparalleled at this stage. He's completely changed the way the game is played. And... Well, that's, that's why I think <laughs> there's probably some sentiment against him from especially some of the older players in the league the maybe and i'm not saying for all of them but because of the way he plays and how he's probably changed the nba forever until they bring in i don't know a new rule set or something that might shake the balance again mm. so the the stat i think you're referring to is that um clay thompson is the only player in nba history other than steph curry with more than three career games with double digit three pointers so Steph had three of those games in the last week and now has 20 in his career clay has five and then nobody oh, else yeah. has got three yeah, it's it's mental. It's mental. Like, I think J- James Harden must have three. I don't know some others, but well, yeah, he's another one. Yeah, as you were talking before about the MVP conversation, he's another one that would have been right up there had he have mm-hmm. played more games. Simple as that. Really. Yeah. J- J- so Steph Curry's got twenty. Clay Thompson's got five. James Harden has three. Damian Lillard has three. J.R. Smith has three, and then Zach Levine has two. Like that. Is that is a crazy t- statistic. Fully. The James Harden one surprises me quite a lot, but he's more volume than accuracy, isn't he, really? Yeah. I, I think that he, his volume, his pure volume of shots would have at least got to him to that to that stage a few more times. But that's crazy. Plus, Russell Westbrook's not there, if I'm being honest. <laughs> <laughs> he takes enough of them. But on the topic of Curry and the Warriors, like he's, we, we, we can laud his performances all we want, but they're currently sitting ninth at the minute. And in fairness, I think... I think the current 10, it, 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 the top 10 in the Western Conference anyway, which is the, the eight. I'm not going to go through the eight, but it looks like the Warriors and Spurs. I think they're kind of locked into nine and 10 personally. I know mm. the Pelicans could creep up at any stage, but I'm losing faith in that now, even though Zion's just immense to watch. Um, but if you're facing the Golden State Warriors in a playing game, that's just not the situation you kind of want to be in. And if that's how it materialises and it's like, you know, Steph first Luca or Steph first Jar in the playing game, that'll be very entertaining. I would I would be absolutely all over the Warriors, I think, out of those teams that are in the four right now. Um I've been quite disappointed with Dallas this year. I thought they were going to be a lot better mm-hmm. than they are. Um I don't think that that's through thought of 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 injuries and things like that. Because I think I took that into account even when I was when we was doing our win loss. But even so, I would have expected. I, I, 
it goes hand in hand because I don't think I'd have thought the Phoenix Suns would have done as well as they did. I think they would have done well, but not 41 and 16 well. Like I think they're the biggest surprise package out of anyone in that Western Conference. But looking at just those those four teams there now, you've got to favour the Warriors. I think just as Steph how he is. You know, Steph on his day is better than anyone in there in those four. Yeah. And oh, yeah, he's going to carry into games. But as you say, it depends. It depends on what Warriors team along with Steph playing at this all-time level turns up because you know I look you look before this historic month and they're not doing I mean they're still not doing great but they weren't doing particularly well before that and no one had been giving them the plaudits that they currently are so if if they if they can maintain this then they won't be in the ninth seed anymore for for a start but they should 100% be able to beat a, a few of those teams around them but if they if this withers out a little bit and they play more like they were doing previously, then I can see a team like the Mavericks being able to beat them. Yeah. Uh, I think we should give our due respect to the Grizzlies as well. The Grizzlies is who they'd be playing currently um, if they were to, if the league were to finish now. Um, and the Grizzlies have been playing well despite the fact that Jaron Jackson Jr. has been injured all season. They've had injuries, dealt with them quite well. Um, I think, like you said, in those types of scenarios, the best player wins, and Steph Curry is quite quite easily the best player on those two sides. But it should be interesting. The playing has just added an interesting wrinkle to the whole thing because there's just more teams in play now. Mm. So, are we do we think that those four there are locked in? Would we say Dallas, Memphis, Golden State, and San Antonio? Um, maybe locked in's a bit strong. Because uh, out of those two, I think the the Pelicans are the only ones who could even make a run. But I've just lost all faith in the Pelicans ever sort of getting it together this season. So yeah, I'm well, I'm gonna I'm fairly confident. There's a few murmurings that the Pelicans and the players are having a bit of tension with with the coach, and that was shown yeah. by some of the stuff Van Gundy said recently. So I'm not sure about the Pelicans. I mean. Look, what, they're three wins off of San Antonio right now. I don't know if they've got any games in hand or anything like that. No, they're on the same I, amount of games. But... I, I would fancy the Pelicans to overtake the Spurs, personally. I think Spurs are too well coached. Yeah, but at the same time, I just I, I can't not see Zion. With, because Zion's playing at a good level anyway. But Unbelievable level. I can't. I just can't envisage. Like, I can't see it happening. I can't not see Zion not being there again. It's just a weird team, the Pelicans. They can beat nearly any team in the NBA on their day, but they can lose to nearly any um, NBA team yeah. as well. It's just what what Pelicans team shows up is is completely erratic. I mean, if we're gonna ring out Steph stats for the month of April, um, why not Zion's? I mean, didn't play the first game, but thirty four. 16, 37, 38, 30, 25, 21, 34, 33. And the efficiency, I'm telling you, on all of these, you can go look it up yourself, is ridiculous, like crazy. Um, and one of the things that frustrates me when I when I do watch them is the fact that he just... I, they haven't figured out that balance yet with him and Ingram. Um, and if I'm being fair to Ingram, and he's a great player and all, but the ball in those last couple of seconds where they've failed loads and loads of times this season should be in Zion's hands because he's he's either getting a free throw or he's getting to the rim. Like, it's a joke sometimes. So, mm. one of the many things they need to figure out is that balance. Obviously, the defence is just horrendous, horrific. Um, 
but if they, if they put that all together, they could get to ninth, the ninth seed or tenth seed, sorry. But I just don't have any confidence in them putting it together this season. I think it's a, a wash, basically, because of the coaching situation. And yeah. Mm, yeah, I mean, as when I you said, s- I tend to agree with you. When, you. when you say it's a wash, I mean, even if it's... I, I just... The, the talent they've got... I mean, Eric Bledsoe at the two is a massive L in any regard of it. I know I used <laughs> to kind of like him a bit, but like a backcourt... Lonzo's improved a lot this year. I don't think there's any debates in that. But I'm not Stephen Adams' biggest fan, especially in the system that they play with having no. Zion on the ball. I don't think... I think that's counterproductive. And Eric Bledsoe at the two is not good. So there's... There's two good players there, but in the system that they play, I can understand how it doesn't work. I can't really understand. I can't. I can't accept how they sat down in a meeting when it was going to go after targets and thought Eric Bledsoe and Stephen Adams would help our players. Like well, Ingram well, and, Eric and Bledsoe Zion. was just a salary filler for the Drew Holiday thing. Yeah, I guess. But then you Stephen Adams, and move I agree with you. Yeah, Eric so, Bledsoe. Then try and move him on. Like, you wouldn't just force him in there. It's like round peg square hole. Like. Not that way. It's square pegs, round holes, isn't it? That's the same yeah. point. Doesn't make sense. But... <laughs> we knew what you meant. Yeah. Um. I. I'd still back them. I don't know what the the uh, bookies have them at, but I'd still fancy the Pelicans here to make this. They've got some okay fixtures. I mean, they lost to the Knicks the other day, but the Knicks again have, have been a bit of a wild card this year. So, um. But yeah, that, that that's where I'd land on that one. Is there anything else that like someone wants to talk about that's got pressing on their chest? Well, we should talk about it. It's been a while since we've had a podcast talking about the NBA currently. And so something that's not been, not very recent, but more recent than we did the last one, so we have to talk about it, is what's happened with Jamal Murray mm-hmm. and, his, and his very unfortunate injury and how that's going to impact the Nuggets and the rest of the league. Does anyone want to kick that off? Well, well, I mean, you say impact. They won the last three games. Yeah, but they're not going to compete for a title, which people thought they would but, do this uh, season. Genuinely, though, like, let's be honest. Do you still think the Nuggets would have actually competed for a title with Jamal Murray? I think they're a dark horse, yeah. I think they're quite serious. Do you? Yeah, yeah, I fully do. I mean, what, what, what I wanted to ask before we get into that anyway is a, a sort of... Maybe it was because the, the sort of... There's no crowds, stadium's empty, but... I've seen ACL injuries before in the flesh, obviously, and uh, and <laughs> on TV. That one looked particularly gruesome. Do you know what I mean? Like he looked like he was in agony. Um, and well, George, it affects as a man different people, doesn't it? Yeah, I was going to say the severity of of that injury. Do you think is like worse because of how much pain he looked in? Because I've seen people do their ACLs before and they just like they sort of hobble off, and that's that's all sort of it. But that one looked particularly bad, and I'm wondering if that's going to impact him like more in the future. Well, I mean, it, it all depends basically on um, how well. One, look, if he's had a bad, bad tear, it's probably better because the cleaner, the, the the bigger the tear, the cleaner it will be for them to then repair it and heal it. If you have the smaller tears, that's when they start and they'll try and like just take a little sample size and and repair it out from a hamstring graft or anything like that. So the basis of him being in more pain necessarily isn't that bad if he's done meniscus damage or something like that to his knee which i don't think he has because i didn't see anything of that reported then yeah that's when you then start to get in dangerous areas because i think that's what blake griffin's had and obviously we all know how blake griffin's Mm. knees have gone um he walked off they all walk off because 
you just have a, a rush of adrenaline that goes into your body and you go into that kind of fight or flight thing um and you're able to walk afterwards but then you will blow up for the swelling for like a week after and all that not i think he'll be fine what i did see was that on the side of where he tore his acl of that side of the warriors call you now had brandon rush torn acl you had the, the bogart knee injury clay thompson's done his acl there curry broke his hand Ubre sprained his wrist wrist wiseman did his meniscus there and then jamal murray's on his acl there now <laughs> so that side of the call is a little bit of a voodoo area i think for players right now but um no i, I just think it's a, a standard acl tear and that it, it, it's gonna it's gonna be what a whole year so we'll probably not see him back until the playoffs next year properly is what i'd say but even again, then i ACL, don't think he'll be properly but it, it's more of that like acls for some people are some of them are six months i remember ben mendy for man city came back after like six months out mm. obviously it wasn't great because then he did some more injuries afterwards and you can have the repercussions for it but i think to see him back properly he's not tall he's not big in stature i think he'll be okay realistically does the Wiseman meniscus one worry you more? The the meniscus one worries me more. Any meniscus is worse than an ACL in my book. For like, because the ACL surgeries are pretty, I wouldn't say standard cut now, but it's nine months out, torn ACL, repair it, and you should be okay. The meniscus stuff is, I mean, Chris Asporzingis can tell you that anyway. So the meniscus is the the worrying one because that's when your knee will buckle and everything like mm. that. So but, he's seven foot as well. And he's seven foot three or whatever he is. Yeah. So it's like, I mean, what Jamal Murray's like six two. Like he's no, tall. He's but in... no, Murray's like six four. Murray's like six four. Is he six four? I thought he was yeah, like six he's two. a little bit taller um, than your average guard, I think. Yeah. I mean, I, I think he'll be fine. He's under at the NBA as well. I mean, the Premier League have got good facilities for their clubs and all of them, uh, and all the clubs in the Premier League, I should say, have got good facilities. The NBA is second to none in terms of stuff like this. So um, I've got no doubt that, that he'll be fine and back. So. Um, and it won't, and it's not going to hurt the Nuggets in terms of a, a long-term issue because, again, pr- like with the stuff that they've got built around them, they're all young anyway, or youngish. So I don't think that they would have been challenging for a title this season anyway. So I don't think it's that much of a a blip on their on their season. It's a blip on their season. Don't get me wrong, but I don't think it's like disastrous. If I'm honest, when I look, I'm just looking at the NBA, uh, the Western Conference now. If Jamal Murray was fit and healthy, which he obviously isn't, I'm probably taking the Nuggets over every team, by the two LA teams. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Yeah, and and I was going to get on to the Clippers because I that, think in that conference or in the whole league, in the conference, obviously, okay. yeah, I said the Western Conference, but um, yeah, I, I was looking at the Clippers, and I think there was a stat line that was something along the lines of they have the best three point shooting percentage as a team because I know Steph's been going mental as a player, obviously, in the month of April. But over the whole season, the Clippers are number one for three-point shooting. And they've got, they're have got they third in the conference right now. And you don't hear too much said about them. But as it goes now, with the Lakers having Anthony Davis and out and LeBron, you know, they're, they're both out. They'll probably be all right. But for now, the Clippers are looking pretty good to come out of the West, I think. Say so that the whole point I made earlier about the Nuggets maybe being dark horse competitors if Jamal Murray is still there I don't think they are now but he's not is more on the concept that I don't think I think it'll be difficult for LeBron and AD to catch up back to you know there's that lingering thought in the back of my mind that even when it gets to the playoffs they won't be completely right 
And it's a sad case with a lot of the season that has been sort of marred by big injuries to big players. I know they can put out all the statistics they want to about how there's been less injuries this season. Um, it doesn't feel that way. And it feels like the more significant players have faced time out. You just, off the top of my head, Harden, KD, uh, Jimmy Butler had a long time out as well. Joel Embiid, like I could go on and on. But the Clippers... Yeah, I think it's best off that they're not in the headlines and people aren't raving about them. When when the pressure gets to them a little bit too much, I think that's when they, they tend to, to falter a little bit. I'm just... Paul George wasn't very good a couple months, you know, for a, for a couple months stretch, to be fair, after having a really good start. And that's going to be the key point for me when it comes to the playoffs is how he performs. If he doesn't perform that well, then they're not going to beat the Lakers. But... I do believe Rondo is a good addition. I know you two weren't hot on it, but that I was hot on it. I, I was hot on it, but was I, uh, I think it solved a problem. But my point, I think the overarching point was it's not going to put them over the Lakers, which I still think, if fully healthy, the Lakers are going to go through. A, if I can think of an analogy to describe my level of enthusiasm for Rondo on the Clippers, it would be that I wasn't hot, but I was Nando's Perry Tamer on him. I think that there is a little bit there and he adds, he adds an addition to the Clippers in his experience. But as that floor general that I need, I think that Kawhi was begging for as a point guard, I don't think he was begging for Rajon Rondo. See, but... I, I'm quite different. I, I, I'm a lot more positive, positive, I would say, because I think he adds a couple of things. I think he would be the leader of that team. Uh, from a vocal standpoint, anyway, we know Kawhi is the best player and they tend, like, technically is the leader, but he's not really a leader in that sense. Um, I think, you know, in terms of organisation running plays, with the Clippers a lot last year and a lot before, well, he hasn't played too many games. I'm not going to say before he came, but it's a lot like, okay, I'll take the ball. It's my go now. Okay, it's my go now. You know, with guys like Paul George, Kawhi, Marcus Morris is another one. They don't really get the ball moving a lot. And I think sometimes that can work in the playoff, that heavy ISO style, but I do think you need someone who can, categorically set your plays for you and I think Rondo can be that person but we shall see when it comes to playoffs if he can up his level a little bit again he's not going to be starting though is he I think he will be he'll be closing he'll be if starting. he isn't start, if he isn't starting he'll be closing closing yeah, I mean, you're probably right yeah. yeah whether someone starts or not doesn't really matter is yeah. how many minutes how, if he's getting serious minutes or not and I do agree with Louis I think he'll be getting serious minutes in the playoffs he was I don't think he's going to have player. serious... Yeah, but is he going to have serious minutes? Did you say he's their best player? No, I said he was the Lakers' third best player last season. Oh, right. Mm, in the playoffs, but... in the playoffs. No, he 100% was. Yeah, he was. In the playoffs, he was. <laughs> he was almost like a big three at some stages. He was playing so well. Wow, this, this is too strong. Big three. No, he was playing unbelievably well. He was shooting at a high clip as well, which is something he's just never done very well. Mm. I, like I said, I'll have to see if he can up it because he's not playing that well now. But I've come to the routine of being like, okay, he's not playing well now. We'll just see how he gets to the playoffs. And he always ups it. So, yeah, I mean, even so, I think that I haven't been hot on the Clippers realistically since. I mean, Kawhi's out now for a while. He's, was he out indefinitely? Is what they said, or was he out? Might have been getting Harden's line from from what they said. Because I think I think Harden's out indefinitely, but I think Leonard's out mm. for a few more weeks, if not, or he's going to be out for a few weeks because he keeps getting his foot issue or something like that stuck. Mm. But um, 
it, it's the the classic case of the Clippers, and, and we're seeing it again. Of that, is there going to be that level of fluidity come playoff time for the minutes that they're playing? That's what I want to know, and that's what I don't think is going to happen again for them. Yeah, it's a wait and see moment, isn't it? Really, it is indeed. Um, I want to talk about the Suns. Mm, yeah, I thought we should go on to that. Now, are the Suns all league show or are they genuine playoff contender threats? Is it just like a, a flat track bully team in the in the standard league, or, or are we actually going to be worried about them? Come, well, not worried, but a team's going to be worried about them come playoff time. I think you're worried if you come up against them, but I can't see the Suns doing a ton in the playoffs. I'll be honest. I, I I can see them getting past the first round. I think most people would say that, but then after that, I'm I'm not sure. I'm not sure they're doing anything after that. Uh, their style kind of translates well to the playoffs because if you haven't noticed this season, they're just playing quite slowly, um, more half court stuff, and that's what you play in the playoffs eventually. So it's good to get a bit of practice of that. And in Chris Paul and Devin Booker, I think you have guys who can who can do stuff in the playoffs and get you a lot of buckets, just dictate the general play. And whether they are the best players on a team that plays against Anthony Davis and LeBron James and Kawhi, uh, Paul George, that that's a different issue. And I think they, do, they did need that third piece because Aiton hasn't come along as much. So I think... People were expecting when Chris Paul joined, and it's a learning curve for him. So I'm not gonna, not hating or anything like that. It's just, mm. it's just natural progression, really. I think they'd need a wing, like a good defensive wing, two way wing to really, really compete against those teams. And you, that's putting a lot on Mikael Bridges, who I really like as a player, but he'd have to take a significant leap to do that. So I'm in agreement. I think, I think they're not a team that you want to face, but they're not a team that. I think can seriously compete the way that I thought the Nuggets probably could have done if Jamal Murray did not get injured. So, I mean, I think it will be very, this is sort of for me, not make or break, but this will probably be a breakout sort of, that's to me, when you were saying that the Nuggets are sort of like dark horses, to me, the Suns are a better look than the Nuggets. I know that that's probably a bit mad to say, but I think Chris Paul just gets, even though it's that whole debate of, for me when someone keep going, people keep saying that oh, he's so underrated, he's so underrated, he eventually gets overrated. I think Chris Paul is still just under the radar for what he's doing right now still. And I think Devin Booker is still not really looked at, at how he should for his numbers and what he can do in a game. I think if you pin them up against... Right, maybe not the Lakers when they've got their full flow to them. But I think that at the current form and how they're playing, why not? Genuinely, why not? Denver yeah, are a bit of a different look with Jamal Murray, but that backcourt is unbelievable. <laughs> the thing is, you say all current form. You, I, I know the last 10 they haven't been doing as well as they have been this season. But you could say make the same argument for the Jazz, and I know you wouldn't make that argument for the Jazz. Yeah, but there's there's differences here. The 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 Suns are uh, getting buckets easy. Rudy Gobert ain't doing niche in a playoff series. He's not carrying his team. Devin Booker and Chris Paul could carry their team to a dub in a playoff series. You, Rudy, I mean, and you know this deep down. Rudy Gobert's not carrying his team to a dub in a playoff. I mean, Rudy Gobert there too. Yeah, I think Rudy Gobert's uh, value goes down a little bit in the playoffs. You're right. But he's still that defensive stalwart, and and we watched Donovan Mitchell. We watched Donovan Mitchell in the playoffs last year, and what he can do with that team. Yeah, 
so you can, I'm, fully I'm, in I'm just with saying you. I'm, I'm saying the argument's similar but i come to the same right. conclusion with both as as but you have a little bit of a difference with the suns and the jazz donovan mitchell i fully appreciate he absolutely balled out in the last series for it but again when that happened we all had the argument or not argument we all had the discussion was that sustainable? Will that happen again? And we all pretty much said we don't think Jamal Murray and Donovan Mitchell are doing that sort of numbers again in a playoff series anytime yeah, soon. Yeah, but my po- my point is I, I don't think that there'll be enough to beat the two LA teams, essentially. And I think the same thing with the Suns. I think the Suns could cause an upset against the Clippers. And this is full freight Clippers, full freight Lakers. I don't see it with the Lakers. I just don't see it with either, personally. I just don't. No, the Clippers team, if they had like one game go against them and it's a bad game, it's a bad loss, there's cracks there still. Yeah, I know, but look at the Suns team compared to the Clippers. Who's dealing with Kawhi and Paul George? No one. It's going to have to be Bridges, and that's what I'm saying. I don't think he's at that level yet. They got Crowder. You can you can throw Crowder at that, but look, look, we have this is the same sort of stuff when Kawhi Leonard and Paul George both signed for the Clippers, and every analyst on every M, uh, every A talk show was going like, "Who's gonna def- who's gonna be able to stop the who's gonna defend the LA Clippers mm-hmm. and all of this stuff?" And and it was just completely overwritten in the playoffs because it means nothing. You you, you could also they're great this. defenders on from historic of Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, and don't get me wrong, they still are. Like Kawhi Leonard is still a top five NBA player, no doubt. But the issue of it is when it came to those playoffs times and there is any form of doubt in that Clippers team, it seems to crumble. Yeah, and I was going to say, Lewis, you could have said the same thing about the Nuggets last year, who's going to deal with Kawhi and Paul George. And it was ultimately themselves and Jeremy Grant. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I mean. They did have Jeremy Grant at least, who who I would rather have than um, Bridges on the Suns. But the, one of the big issues is you then look at the other side and you look at the Clippers and you're like, I mean, Jamal Jamal Murray did great. They should have been able to do something with Jamal Murray and they just couldn't. But then there was the problem of Jokic and we're like, well, the Clippers are doing with Jokic. Absolutely nothing. Mm. I mean, so right now when you look at the Western Conference table and because it is kind of skewed, obviously, because LeBron and AD haven't played for the Lakers mm. for a while. They're in the fifth seed. It could be like the potential they come back, they overtake the Nuggets, who falter a little bit because they don't have Murray. Um, but there's some interesting matchup. But like, I think the thing we'd never take into account before we're talking about the playoffs and like when they actually happen is you just get these weird, odd matchups that just don't quite work for someone. Say, for example, like when the Pelicans, gentlemen's, or did they sweep the the Trailblazers? I can't particularly remember, but. At, Drew Holiday's just completely locked down Damien Lillard. You know, that type of thing. There's going to be something weird mm. that we don't expect here that affects one of these teams. Um, yeah, which is why, obviously, when we say things like, oh, yeah, they're not doing anything, or I don't see them doing anything, yeah. yeah. It, it, you still... I know we try and say it definitively, but you can't definitively say it because of the things that you say. Yeah. That there's always something that ends up happening. I mean... If, if I had to choose between the Jazz and the Suns right now, for example, I know not, we're not really having that discussion, but they're the first and the two to make waves. I would choose the Suns over the Jazz personally. That's just my opinion. Yeah, I think it's really close. I think it's really close. I think the Suns can be a team of the, in, in the, in these playoff times as well, it's all about momentum. And like I said, with the Clippers and cracks and any doubt coming in, and then you can start to tremble and question yourself. Look at Paul George, what he was doing in it, right? I think the Suns, because as well of their on-court leadership of Chris Paul, who is 
probably the second best on-court leader in the league, I'd say, maybe third. Um, and then you look at the Clippers. All right, Tyler is a fantastic coach in these situations for it. But I think the momentum that they'd gather and sort of the players around, they've got nice little... I mean, like Jay Crowder was great in the playoffs last year. Nice addition for the Suns mm, this year. Not yeah. going to tilt anybody needle. They're not, not going to tilt any needles, but it's more of that they've got pieces now around them. So... Uh, personally, for me, the Suns would be my dark horse, like, and that, I think they will be going into the playoffs regardless. But I mean, I say this: if I had to pick a dark horse now with the Nuggets, with Jamal Murray out for the Nuggets, I probably would end up picking the Suns. So I can't I really we, fault you there. I think we all would. I think we. Yeah, all would. but I, because, I still don't see them doing either of the LA teams. It's because we have those lingering doubts. Da- uh, the, the Suns have the benefit of they've never been in the playoffs, so we can't put down previous playoff failings. Yeah, know, but at the same time. I do get where George is, what George is saying when you look at the Suns and you look at Chris Paul and Devin Booker and you, you're not really doubting what they'll do in the playoffs. You're confident they'll turn up. You're doubting Mike Conley. <laughs> I think everyone doubts Mike Conley, don't they? Is it's not. I'll tell you who I'm not doubting. I'm not doubting Joe Ingles who's shooting 49% from three this year, which is absurd. Well, yeah, is he shooting 49 Yeah, it's, it's something like 49% from three. He's mad. Oh, I I think Joe Harris is quite far up there as well. Yeah, he is. I mean, you, you mentioned your concerns with the sort of... Well, I mean, I'm not sure if they're your concerns, but there was an, an issue last year of the Clippers not playing very much together, not having that fluidity to their game or chemistry. Do you not have the same sort of problems with the Nets? And I know the talent level is just far higher on the Nets, so that tilts it a little bit. But is there any worry in that for you? Uh, absolutely. Um, and I think that the more and more that they're getting these timely injuries of the little like part-time ones that are sort of two to three weeks, I think like Harden's out for a while now. Kevin Durant's obviously been out for quite some time. Ironically enough, somehow, and I couldn't have said it before, Kyrie seems to be the only one that isn't getting injured really for the Nets, which is it's encouraging to see, but I wouldn't have predicted it. Um, there is a difference, you're right of the the talent of those together when they just get on the court it will probably be fine but you can't discredit it because you've seen what happens to teams like the clippers last time it's just that there is a different level on the basis that you have paul george was an unbelievable player when he signed for the clippers but he wasn't in the mvp discussion of anybody's ideas these well, three are okay to was, but, oh, yeah, anyway. but, but there's a difference between Paul George and Kevin Durant. And in my opinion, there's a difference between Paul George and James Harden as well. I would suggest, I mean, I think that you've got Kevin Durant and James Harden who are top tier MVP candidates every single season alongside the likes of AD, LeBron, Kawhi and that. Then you have mm. a tier down and I'd have Kyrie above Paul George that's getting close to these sort of things. Like there's, there are levels to it. There are, I'd have both of them minute. about the same. They're very I know minute, but... one, one thing that comes out all the time that I hear, it's probably on first take I did first, but I'm just going to use it anyway, is um, people describing Kyrie as like that four and a half star out of five kind of player. Like he's, all, he's very nearly up with the top, top ones, but he's just underneath. And I think him and Paul George are about the same there. Although, come playoffs and come clutch time, I'm definitely taking Kyrie. So there is a difference there. Yeah. So there's concerns. And I mean, I'm still not massively 
favouring the kind of the sizing matchups that the Nets have against some of the teams. If they're starting and finishing with DeAndre Jordan, I'm very worried. But can't yeah, happen. can't happen. Yeah, the, I think the Nets. Blake, Blake Griffin has been better than I thought he was going to be for the Nets. Is what mm. I'll say. He's done more in terms struggle. of that. The Nets will struggle to deal with players like your Embiid and your Yanis's, but I just can't look past the star power. I really can't. They've got three players, and we all know this, and everybody that's listening knows this, that come playoff time, the game changes. It's not the same as regular season basketball. And the three players they've all got there are all unbelievably pre-equipped, ready-equipped to deal with playoff basketball in no no doubt. Like You've got Blake Griffin now. You have Laundry Shamit. You've got all of these nice guys around them. I, I'm just not... If one of them goes down and isn't in the playoffs... I'm worried. If it's Kevin Durant, it's... Oh, yeah, but that's, that's that's a mental statement. It's, it's like, oh, if if one it's of the Kevin best Durant, players goes down for it, your team. Yeah, I know. But I'm saying if if it's just Kyrie and KD or if it's just James Harden and KD, I'm saying if it's just, if it's just those two guys, I'm probably still going to take them as my favourites to win the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, I know, but that's why it made me laugh when you went, I'm worried. I'm like, it's just <laughs> yeah. so stupid. But it's a worry with it's, three, isn't it? Really? It is. Well, it's more of that you're going to have the whole time building up to because they're going to rest players the like next like ten games anyway the last ten games if they're not out they're going to be out on rotation all this and they'll take their fines if one of them goes they'd have what they have spent all year with Steve Nash and everything doing all of their drills making sure that they're already as a three to have Blake Griffin to have got you Joe Harris that's going to come in as well. There is going to be some issues, but again, I mean, it's just my new, it's pointless. I think it's futile. The, the Nets is just, I can't not see a way that they don't win the chip mm. unless two of them get injured. Like, that's it. No, if, if, even if one of them got injured and wasn't there for the finals, I could see it. Unless it's not Kevin Durant. I'm definitely picking the Lakers. Unless it's not Kevin Durant. If one of Harden or Kyrie go down, I'm still taking the Nets. Over the Lakers, if they're full yes. health. That's yes. mad. I, I I wouldn't, but full health, it uh, it definitely be the Nets, and so and yeah, you know, I just have to pick the Nets. I mean, it helps in the Eastern Conference. I'm not too confident in their opposition in the ways. I mean, Six has been great this year, but I've still got my worries about how that shakes out in the playoffs. Bucks, we all know about that. The Heat have just been off it all season, and then when you look down the rest of the pile, um, they're all mediocre at best. So I think they'll face a pretty I don't want to you know, take the excitement out of it or anything, but I think they'll face a pretty easy path getting to the finals itself. Um, I, I think I would still pick the Nets as well over the Lakers, even if one of Kyrie or Harden went down. It, it's more as well as that, even though, I mean, we all want a Nets-Lakers finals, but even more of the fact that before he went down injured, Anthony Davis hadn't been great this year. He'd been good, but he hadn't been great. And obviously now you've got to take into account LeBron's age, that injury. I, I'm never doubting LeBron. He will be fully fit. Yeah, I, mean, look, I said full oh, yeah. health Lakers, oh, yeah. and you still said Nets. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I gave this is you what I scenario. still mean. It's Anthony Davis this year wasn't that great. Yeah. So I have my concerns. All right, nice. Andre Drummond, Dennis Schroeder, you've got some nice players around him. Kyle Kuzma in the playoffs, all this, right? I'm still taking the Nets. I can't see a way. I just can't see it. I mean, I can't see it if they're fully healthy. There's, there's just too much star power on there, but... Uh, it'll be interesting to see what the Bucks do in the playoffs. You know, I'm not what Matt, you genuinely think the Bucks no, no, are I don't. Look, look, I'm not saying they're getting to the look. 
I, I was just saying it's interesting. I'm not saying they're getting to the mm. finals. I think the Sixers and the Nets are better than them. But now that they've got Drew Holiday, I want to see how much better they get in the playoffs. I, I think I fancy the Bucks more than the Sixers in the playoffs. Am I crazy for oh. thinking that? I think you're mad for thinking that. And that's I mean, I wouldn't myself, but... I can, both... I can see where the logic's going. I can see where the logic's going. I mean, they both had their playoff missteps and issues in that regard. I mean, this, when they go, when it comes to the playoffs, the six or second best player is basically rendered futile. If we're going for the Rudy Gobert criticism, we've got to go for the Ben Simmons one. Um, there you mate. There you go. I've got two words for you. Mike what? Budenholzer. <laughs> You yeah, do, you do know, you do my, do, you do know my dislike of Mike Budenholzer during playoff time. I don't, I, I don't know. Drew Holiday, different complexion to that team completely. Is uh, very true, very true. I just the way that the Bucks are set up, and the way that I think that they'll just nullify, not nullify, but dampen Yanis down. Drew Holiday is a very nice addition, and he'll help them a lot. But at the end of the day, the way Philly have been playing this year. Granted, Ben Simmons, and I understand the criticism of it, but Embiid this year has been a different beast to any year he's ever been. And they've got the likes of Seth Curry. You can meme it all you want. Danny Green is going to be nice for some experience in those situations. <laughs> he's not. He's just he not. Is, I'm sorry, he is. he's not. Tobias Harris has play, been playing. Yeah, Tobias Harris has played ever. great. I'll give you but that. There's there's levels to it. Philly have been better than the Sixers, and yeah, even yeah. better than the Bucks. So. I'm almost, I'm also taking Philly, but I'm not having Danny Green to name. Danny Green, look, look, he's a, he's been an absolute. Meme. He's a bet. Danny, he's a bet. Danny I'll Green, Danny Green will add some some calmness in situations like that when play. He's, a vet, when but he's not when doing anything else other than being a bit. When you take a timeout and you need and people are here and they're like Joel and B, they've not been in this situation before. Like it, as, as stupid as it's going to sound, you're going to need guys like that around them. I'm you not here. Sorry, I'm not here. I don't care. I'm not. You know, oh, and Bede and Simmons are not going to be like Danny Green. What should I do? But they're going to be like they need to have someone in and around that situation then who knows what they're doing, and it's, yeah. that's just a fact. That's why they're going to get. That's the only. That's why that's the... players like Danny Green up. Uh, yeah, I understand why they've got Danny Green, but I just don't think Danny Green's good whatsoever. <laughs> I get the vet argument. Don't get me wrong. But I'm when you're listing off players, Danny Green argument. When, when you're list, when you're listing off players. Danny Green should not have been the second or no. third name you listed after Ben Simmons and Joel and Beat. Perhaps, perhaps I messed up. Let me know. Yeah, so that, yeah, that, you need a that's where we're going to end the podcast and we're leaving it on Danny Green. Uh, make sure you follow <laughs> us on all of our socials. We're, uh, we're at Swingman Pod. Follow us. Check out our website, www.swingmanpod.com and we'll catch you in the next podcast. Stay healthy, stay safe and thank you for listening.